0: This is Hassan Akram, your host for Autonomous Vehicle Safety and Security Podcast, brought to you by Matrix. Welcome to Matrix Tech Talk. In this episode, we have a very special guest, Banat Zexa, the CEO of Process Fellows. Barnett, welcome to Matrix.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Hassan. Yeah, it's a pleasure for me to be here.
0: So, Banat is an intact certified uh, principal, A Spice Uh He has more than 22 years of experience in the automotive industry and his specialization is automotive process. So, Banner, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background and your passion?
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, though, yeah, you already told the, the audience, so my background is mainly in automotive industry. Yeah? so I worked uh, for automotive projects since 1996 around, yeah, more than 22 years now. I yeah? started as a software developer, so my main background is software. Yeah, I started by coding yeah, uh, and uh, developing software for yeah, PCs in the very beginning. Yeah. And it was yeah, more or less by chance that I got a, a job in automotive industry, where I didn't have any kind of monitor yeah, to check what the software is doing. Uh, but I had to deal with, with hardware, yeah, where some software is running on. Yeah. It was a really nice and great experience after my studies, studies in Erlangen. Yeah, because it was a completely different way of, of, of developing software, yeah, uh, source code yeah, uh, with specific tools yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, this uh, was a, a, a great experience for me that uh, we, it's not only uh, possible to code software by yeah, trial and error. Uh, method where you say, okay, you code something, you can directly see what what happens on your computer, on your PC, but you need more specialized and more specific ways uh, in order to find out that the software really works, yeah. So this was more or less my first contact with real processes, yeah, because otherwise it's not possible to develop software in embedded systems without having some process in the background. And uh, that was my starting point um, in, in a project that uh, was developing uh, a chassis system uh, for a big OEM yeah? uh, and it was already dealing with some kind of safety, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah? But uh, my main job was in that project uh, to, uh, to define and implement the safety measures. Yeah? If a sensor fails or if a, sa- a software signal was not correctly calculated, what shall the, the rest of the software do? Yeah, and this was, as I mentioned, more than 20 years ago and nobody talked about ISO 262X2 and something like that. Yeah? So this is, was very useful for me later when I uh, got to my first contact with functional safety standards.
0: Fascinating. So let me um, ask you that you have founded this company since when um, this Process Fellow exist? How, how many years now? Yeah,
1: Process Fellows now exists uh, since yeah, nearly one year. In one April year. last year we founded the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a company uh, with uh, currently uh, seven employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, still a, a pretty small one, but with uh, high-experienced colleagues in automotive domain mainly. Yeah, uh, very specialized in automotive spies. We have um, uh, several uh, automotive spies, principal assessors, and also instructors. Yeah, people who are allowed to train other people in becoming assessors, in becoming trainers uh, for that topic. And our main focus is really to support any kind of supplier that is uh, developing products, not only software products, in automotive industry. Because nowadays, nowadays with electrification yeah, and um, with autonomous driving, more and more companies um, provide uh, products for vehicles uh, where they never had any experience how to develop it. Yeah? Engines, for example, electrical engines. Yeah? They developed engines uh, for any kind of industry. Yeah, and now with electrification, they also provide these kind of products for automotive industry, but without knowing what are the expectations from, uh, from the standards, yeah, from automotive price, from functional safety, or, or even from a, a standard quality standard like IETF 60 Yeah, And this is our main scope to support any kind of supplier, not only the well-known ones, the big ones. Yeah, yeah, but also the small companies yeah, mm-hmm. who are uh, now uh, trying to achieve a certain uh,
0: capability level. So, Bernard, one year ago you formed this company. What was your motivation? Why uh, did you want to go from a nine-to-five job to entrepreneurship? What was your motivation? What motivated you?
1: Yeah. In order to to describe my motivation, I think I, I need to describe a little bit the steps in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my first job in automotive was uh, for Continental. Yeah, uh, uh, formerly not belonging to Continental in, in, in Germany, but it was a company called uh, Telefunken Microelectronics, a company that developed televisions and radios, but then focused on electronic devices for automotive industry, yeah, and then it became part of, the, of, of Continental. And uh, during my yeah, nearly 12 years of, 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 of career at Continental, uh, I did not only develop software, yeah, but uh, I collected experiences with process models. Yeah, so automotive spice wasn't established uh, at that time. Yeah, but other kind of standards uh, dealing with software engineering. And uh, my project manager asked me uh, to take care of these things because he wasn't able anymore to manage all the change requests of, of our customers. Yeah, customer was calling each day. Yeah, I want to have set. I want to have set. I want to have set. So many, many change requests. Yeah, and he wasn't able anymore to manage it. So my first task was it to define a change management process for our uh, uh, department um, at, at Continental. Yeah, and this was my first touch with process areas. I need to define workflows yeah, and I uh, tried to find out what is a good way to define a change management workflow and process. Yeah. And this was my first contact. Yeah. And then uh, I, I liked this kind of job yeah, to think about good methods. Yeah. Uh, good, good ways of developing something. And uh, then I uh, collected more and more information about good processes, and that was the time when the first SPI standards were published. and and then also automotive SPICE Uh, and this was also a decision of my former uh, uh, line manager uh, to send me to a a SPICE training to become a a provisional assessor first, which is the lowest level of the assessor uh, career in order to support internally the the projects. And this kind of job uh, and work really made fun Uh, and I, I want to learn more. Yeah, so I have only seen continental projects, yeah, uh, powertrain and, and chassis projects mainly. Yeah, but uh, I, I was pretty sure that uh, other companies have uh, the same challenges, and I want to learn how they solve this problem. Yeah, and that's where, where I decided um, to, to leave Conti uh, and to join a consulting company. It was Method Park this time. Yeah, In, uh, 2009, uh, where I had the chance uh, to do this kind of work for, for different kind of companies, yeah, OEMs, suppliers, tier 1, 2, 3 and so on. And I made the experience that the solution, yeah, there is no unique solution to solve the problem to fulfill standards like automotive spice, but it really depends on, on many, many topics. Yeah? And during the nearly 10 years um, of, of consulting and coaching with Park, I found out uh, it's important to focus on special. Yeah, uh, yeah on, on special topics that are very, very special for a company, uh, for a small t- uh, supplier with 10 employees maybe, and uh, uh, compared to a company with, with thousands of employees. And that's what I want to specialize now. Yeah? Um, not only to support the big companies who have already the goal and very often a, a solution for their big projects, but also smaller co- projects yeah? with two people maybe. Yeah? Yeah, they also get the requirement from the OEMs, okay, please fulfill automotive spice level two or three, yeah, but with two persons, Yeah, how shall I solve this? Because it means more effort. Yeah? And that's, that's our motivation also to support these small companies yeah, to find efficient ways yeah, of implementing processes in order to fulfill standards like automotive spice or other automotive standards. And that's also the idea why we thought about a, a good name for our company, yeah, the process fellows. Yeah. We want to support, we want to coach, we want to show people yeah, how to develop good software, the good systems. Yeah. In the meantime, not only software is in the focus, but complete systems uh, in an efficient way. Yeah. Uh, not replacing missing resources yeah, because other companies are going more and more in the direction, okay, Yeah, we have experts, Yeah, we can the work for you, that's also a good motivation and good goal for a company, if you think about more engineering parts, yeah? but that's not our motivation, yeah? uh, so to work for half a year or complete year for a supplier just to replace missing resources, uh, our main motivation is to show yeah, the, the people uh, what is a good approach, yeah? to do really hands-on work yeah, in the beginning, yeah? But then try to give our experience to the people so that they learn to, uh, to walk on their own, let's say. Yeah? so for How long this uh, lasts depends yeah, on certain uh, uh, attributes, of course. Yeah? But this is our motivation. Yeah? Uh, and that's why we want to have experts in our company. Yeah? That's why uh, the, 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 the two other co-founders are very, very experienced too in Automotive Spice, in CMMI. Yeah, also, other areas are dealing with process improvement and uh, process definition, and yeah, we will see yeah, uh, how successful the company will be in the future.
0: Fascinating. So, Bernard, you mentioned that you have two other co-founders. So, um, so you have—are uh, they all CEOs, or do we have one CEO? How many CEOs do you have?
1: Uh, yeah, we didn't decide how to distribute these different roles. Yeah, <laughs> so we have all our our own uh, uh, tasks. Yeah, we have uh, uh, we have three owners of the company. It's uh, Dr. Holger Höhn and Dr. Jürgen Schmid. Um, so uh, Mr. Höhn's uh, main focus is on uh, on mainly on controlling. Yeah, he is very, very uh, familiar with numbers and he likes to calculate something, to, to work on business uh, plans and uh, business development topics. And he is more or less a controller, likes to develop um, uh, quotes and, and something like that. And he is very, very familiar. He likes that. So this is his main focus or one of his main tasks. Yeah? Um, Jürgen Schmid, um, he likes to develop and uh, do trainings. Yeah, he will um, uh, he will uh, establish our training center. Yeah? Our first trainings will start uh, next month in April. So we prepared uh, our our trainings dealing mainly with automotive bias, but not only. Uh, during the last uh, 12 months, yeah, and now we, we, we will start with that. Yeah, and my main focus is on uh, yeah. Uh, on sales topics, yeah? uh, but not sales in a way that I just yeah, uh, ring the bell and ask do you need me, yeah? but really to, to talk to people, yeah? to find out what other needs are yeah? um, in, in, in our area. Yeah? So it's not the way that you need to know the company you're working for, it's, it's, uh, it's people business. Yeah? So uh, I worked for different companies now for more than 10 years. Yeah? People know us, yeah? they know our experience. Yeah, and it's more or less to, to discuss what are possible solutions. Yeah? They, they ask for uh, Bernhard Sechser, they ask for uh, Jürgen Schmid yeah? or Holger Hön, Yeah, They do not ask for Process Fellows. Yeah? I would like to have uh, uh, the, the goal that um, in the future, hopefully in the near future, uh, these names will already be uh, used in the same uh, sentence as the company Process Fellows. Yeah? That they know, okay, the good guys hopefully work for that company. I, I know, of course, there are also a lot of other companies with very, very good people, very experienced people in, in that domain. Uh, but this is our motivation yeah, to, to get uh, to that direction.
0: I love it. So you want to establish a brand uh, for yeah. a Process Fellows. So right, what exactly. is your brand building strategy? What, 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 are you, how, how, what are the measures are you taking? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this question because I'm also in the uh, learning phase of building a brand. How... Um, you know, your company name would be associated with uh, good engineering, excellent engineering services, right. and um, that's why. You know, what what is your strategy right now? How are you going about it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's our brand, our company name, of course, is strongly related uh, to our to our vision and our mission. Yeah. So uh, we, we we spend a lot of time to think about a good name. Yeah. What is a good name that is not uh, that is that can be somehow associated with our topics? Yeah. Uh, that's why we used the term processes. Yeah? Processes is a very generic term, um, but uh, this is one of our main focuses, independent of Automotive Spice, yeah? but also for other standards. And uh, we don't like to use any uh, real names. Yeah? Uh, we also thought about a company that is using our last names, but uh, uh, we don't want to highlight our names yeah? in, in, the, in, the, in the company name. And of course, we do not know what will be in the future. Maybe we have other uh, uh, people in the company who really support uh, the company in a specific way, so that wasn't, wasn't our goal. Uh, so, but we want to show uh, that we will be the good partners for you in order to develop these approaches. Yeah? And the term fellow uh, is uh, maybe in, in, in German area, yeah? it's not so well known. Yeah? Uh, though in, in English and also especially in China or in Asia, I made the experience that a fellow is a very honored person, yeah, supporting me, helping me to achieve something, yeah. And uh, we liked this kind of term, and then we, we thought about, okay, what about this combination, yeah? Process fellows, yeah, your partners for developing good software, yeah, to develop good processes in order to develop software. Yeah? And of course, we also did the research if this name is already in use, but it wasn't, yeah, really good, yeah. Even all the combinations weren't used yet, yeah. So a uh, little bit luck let's say yeah, to have um, to be the first to use this, this name yeah? and in the meantime I like it a lot
0: yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a very I mean it tells what you what you do and shows your expertise the name um, is important and I think you you, you this, is, this is a very strong name in, in this domain so um, let me um, let me go to the next question what I, what I wanted to ask is so you had this uh, long career in the automotive domain as a uh, as a, in, a, in a consulting company, and now you are on your own, building your company. What is the difference in your lifestyle? Do you see any changes? Is it uh, drastic? How do you how do you uh, you know evaluate these two experiences?
1: Uh, it, was a, it was a big change, of mm. course. Yeah? So mine, my main focus is very often on these topics, uh, so, so technical topics, yeah? how to develop software, which kind of processes. Yeah? I wasn't a businessman in the past yeah? and it even wasn't my main goal in the past to, to found my own company. Yeah? So there were different influences, let's say, that led to the yeah, decision to, to, to found uh, the, um, our own company. Yeah, and this—that's uh, a change. Yeah, that comes with uh, this, this company was really big because uh, it wasn't sufficient anymore only to take care about uh, these topics. Yeah, uh, the technical topics, but you have to take care about uh, different kind of things uh, to to ensure that the company will succeed in the future. Yeah, yeah, you have to think about financial topics, for example. Yeah, administration and so on. Yeah. Text topics, yeah, legal topics, and so on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes completely new topics for me, yeah, but very, very interesting. Uh, uh, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't want to take care only on that topics in the future. I, I like my job. I like to be uh, uh, on, yeah, how to say, uh, up to date. Yeah, what comes next? What will be automotive Spice uh, for dot something? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to lose the contact to the community there, but on the other side uh, this yeah this big step uh, to have uh, their own company is also a, a very good and nice experience yeah, and I'm really happy that I have two partners uh, to support me uh, in in making this company a successful one yeah and I think we are on a good way
0: amazing so um with that let's delve into the topic of a spice a little bit so um, what are the current challenges in the in the current um, you know status of uh, a 3.01 is the latest if i if i'm right. not mistaken uh-huh. um, what are the current challenges you have and what are the development roadmap that you see in uh-huh. the in the upcoming days uh-huh.
1: okay yeah, some of the current challenges are, are pretty old, let's say. Yeah? So, uh, OEMs uh, want to have their suppliers to be, yeah, to develop a very high quality software uh, and all the OEMs, they had their own approaches and standards uh, in the past. Yeah? And then they thought about, OK, what about a, a, a common standard that can be used by any OEM, by any supplier, this is a little bit the history of automotive spice. Uh, and that's why they defined automotive spice more than 10 years ago. Yeah, and uh, the main challenge was yeah, uh, to find a solution for the suppliers to implement that standard in order to fulfill a certain capability level. Uh, and uh, the main demand, the main requirement from nearly all uh, OEMs is that uh, a supplier uh, should reach, automotive uh, SPICE, level three yeah, for uh, the, the, the main processes. Uh, these main processes uh, were called VDA scope. Yeah, in, the, in the past it was called HIS his scope, yeah, but this name does not exist anymore. Now it's uh, the VDA scope, consisting of the most important processes for software and system development, uh, uh, combined by, by project management and several supporting processes like quality assurance or configuration management. Uh, but the main challenge is uh, to find a solution um, to solve this problem, to fulfill this requirement yeah, without spending too much resources. Uh, In the past, many consultants said, okay, uh, you will spare money uh, if you have SPICE implemented. On a long-term basis, yes. But in the beginning, if you want to establish it, you need more resources. You cannot achieve a certain capability level uh, if you don't spend resources in establishing these processes in your company and your projects. And that's uh, one of the main challenges, OEMs typically presenting their own statistics, how." The suppliers are rated. Yeah, so, VW for example, yeah, very often during the, the VDA conferences, they present, okay, our suppliers yeah, uh, achieve an average uh, automotive spice level 1.2 for example, yeah, which means most of the suppliers are around level 1, some of them may be level 2 or 3, but in average it's not more than level 1. Yeah. In the meantime, yeah, after 10, 12 years, if you look to the current statistics, it didn't really change a lot. Yeah? Maybe 1.4, 1.5 in average. Yeah? But the goal to achieve a spice level 3 exists since 10 years now. Yeah? So what happened in between? Yeah? Is SPICE not really a good way, a good method to develop good software? Isn't it a good assessment model or what is the root cause for that situation? Yeah? And the main root cause is very often that uh, companies do not have enough resources in order to establish good processes. So they they have to spend time, they have to plan it as a specific project to define and uh, to roll out uh, good processes, processes that fulfill these kind of standards in the companies. But nowadays there is so much work to do, so many project requests and of course as a supplier I want to have projects, that's my business goal. Yeah, to have a lot of customers yeah, and to do this kind of work. But you should not forget that you need uh, a good setup yeah, in order to, to do a good
0: work in the end, yeah, high-quality work. Yeah, and this is
1: still the same challenge.
0: Yeah. Fascinating. VDA uh, recently released a, an assessor's guideline. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about what will be the implication of that assessor's guideline in terms of uh, companies who are willing to be A Spice level two, level three, what will be the what, are, what will be the implication? How they should prepare for it?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, so beginning of last year, we published a, a, a special good, a so-called blue gold book. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's not um, uh, really a requirement. It's it's more a guideline. Um, uh, how to interpret uh, and how to perform assessments. So we are now not in the the area that the suppliers have the task to fulfill something, Uh, but uh, what is the scope of an assessor who has to judge, who has to evaluate a supplier if he is doing a good work, if he has good processes in place in order to develop uh, software and, and systems. So uh, in the past it happened a lot that the result of an automotive spice assessment, if a supplier is reaching a certain capability level, um, depended on the background of the assessor, on the experience background. And the automotive spice model itself only defines the what level, what shall be there. So for example, develop a software architectural design. Okay, that's it. You need kind of evidence, a kind of work product that shows how is your software structured. It doesn't tell you how to do it, yeah? with which tool, with which method, yeah? is there any role, uh, a specific role necessary to do it? Yeah, that's completely open. Yeah? And depending on the on the familiarity of the assessor, if he knows how a good architecture looks like, the results will differ. Yeah? If the assessor has not a good background in, in software architecture, then maybe he will accept yeah some kind of pictures that show something, yeah? if he is not able to understand it, then he will maybe tend to give a good rating. Yeah? An assessor who is very, very familiar with software architecture, will go into the uh, uh, deep, yeah? will do a deep dive and maybe find some minor weaknesses, yeah? uh, but is using then these weaknesses to downrate this process. Yeah? So, completely different result, yeah? maybe within the same project. So, objectivity of assessment results was one of the main goals uh, of this assessor guideline. That's why it's called assessment guideline, mainly for the performance of assessments. And it gives a lot of good uh, uh, guidelines Uh, and examples what to look for, what to ask for, uh, for for the specific base practices of automotive spice. Uh, It's not complete. And it's even not without any faults, of course. Yeah? So there's still a lot of room of interpretation. But uh, especially for, for the beginners, yeah? for, for young assessors, I think it's a very useful guideline yeah? that gives you some hints uh, what to ask for. Uh, Especially the scope of an assessment, I very often face uh, the the challenge in the meantime that the complexity of the project is is, is very, very uh, different. You can have very simple projects where a a standard software is developed with a standard functionality, but you can also have to assess some complex software where we have some uh, basic software with operating systems conformant to AutoSAR for example. an application software that is developed by a completely different team, maybe by a completely different company. Sometimes the OEM is also uh, supplying some parts of the software. And in such a complex setup, if you do not uh, define in detail what is the scope of the assessment, the result can be completely different. Do you really assess the complete project in order to evaluate the project risk or do you want to evaluate um, the maturity of one part of the product or of one company who provides only one part uh, of the complete product. So the scope of the assessment must be defined in a very detailed way. And this is a very good part in this assessor guideline to focus on the scope definition and also depending on the scope definition, uh, which kind of rules and recommendations to use. That's, I think, the very positive aspect. On the other side. uh, the, the guideline is also defining rules uh, with, yeah, without directly referring to technical aspects. Yeah? So, for example, yeah, in, in, in each process area we have around 10 base practices. Yeah? Some only 5, some have 12, yeah? but in average 8 to 10 practices. And then there are some rules that say, okay, if you downgrade one practice, yeah, you have to downgrade also other practices. Yeah? If you read the content yeah, of the practices, of course, uh, you will find out there is a certain relationship, but many of these rules are, are defined in a way that only depending on the result, you should modify another result, yeah? and this tends to the res, uh, to, to, to the yeah, to the behavior of some inexperienced assessors, not to check the content of the rating anymore, but just to follow rules. I've already seen some assessment results, results with a justification. Yeah, I downloaded that because of rule. 265, for example, without giving a justification regarding the content. And this is the risk with that guideline, not to focus on the content anymore. And if the content is the right one for this particular project or company, but only focusing on rules, only following rules. Uh, In that case, the experience of the assessor does not play such a big role anymore. And that's what, what I like with, uh, on, with my job, yeah? that I can use my experience and my, log- and my knowledge yeah? in order to decide what is a good, efficient way to implement processes for this particular company. Yeah? And this is a, a, a certain risk if you purely follow only that guideline.
0: So that sounds really fascinating. You mentioned a very interesting points, such as uh, if you find some weakness in one process, the related processes will also be downgraded. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what advice do you have for companies to mitigate such thing in a project? If you're working on a project, what practical advices do you have? How should they deal with it? Yeah, okay.
1: First of all, uh, the VDA is uh, recommending to use this guideline in the future. There is also a date defined, so uh, with uh, July 2019. Mm-hmm. There is a recommendation from VDA only to use the current model of Automotive SPICE 3.1 together with that guideline, yeah? uh, which means that uh, in an assessment, uh, the assessor has also to check if the rules of the guidelines are fulfilled or not. If the projects want to fulfill these rules, then they should be familiar with them, of course. Yeah? So first advice is, of course, also to become familiar with that guideline. Maybe not only by uh, buying the book and reading it, but maybe also with some support, yeah? some experts who know or who can interpret the content and yeah, support the companies in yeah, understanding and implementing them. Yeah? So the, the book and the associated training that was also defined uh, for the assessors yeah, is also useful uh, for companies having the challenge to implement it. Second is to find, to understand the guideline and to find a way how to implement it in in their own processes and and projects in an efficient way. So for example, let's take one example of such a rule. Uh, Most of the supporting processes and test processes are are asking for a strategy. Uh, When we talk about um, quality assurance, for example, uh, first of all, you have to define your quality assurance strategy. which kind of quality assurance activities you want to carry out, what are the responsibilities, what is a a kind of quality life cycle. And if you do not have this strategy defined and documented, then there is again a a rule in the the standards that says, okay, if there is no strategy defined, you have to downgrade all the other base practices or at least to check the influence on the other base practices. Because the next practices talk about the implementation. Implement uh, a work product quality assurance, yeah? so means perform reviews on work products. Yeah? If you plan in the project work product reviews, yeah? that's of course good. Yeah? Maybe you don't have an overall strategy, what do you want to achieve. Yeah? So for example, to have a, let's say a 100% coverage of all work products, yeah? uh, so in order to, 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 to prove in the end, okay, if you really reviewed all the work products. Yeah, But at least you have a result, Yeah, you do something. But without having a strategy, this could mean that you have to download the complete process. I would say, okay, even without having an explicit strategy that is documented in a certain way, I want to honor as a project that they do something. They do reviews, they perform audits, they maybe also create reports. uh, in general, they, they fulfill the purpose of the process. Maybe the only weakness is that the strategy is not well documented. Yeah? Then this is one weakness for me. Yeah? Will lead to a certain downgrade, yeah, but it will not lead to the result that the purpose of the process is not fulfilled. Yeah? So the relationship between these different practices yeah, is very often pretty clear. Yeah, but only using the dependency in order to downgrade something without respecting the content how it is implemented, I think, is not completely the right way yeah. and that's our goal also to find a solution where you can define and document a certain strategy that is really useful for your project yeah without spending too much time on that uh, but with a focus on implementation uh, to find an efficient way to implement it without spending a lot of effort on that yeah. so in the end of course uh, our our customers will be able to fulfill also that guideline yeah, because we know the guideline in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, it consists of more than three hundred pages. Yeah, so really a lot of things. Yeah, and I think you need experts to help you to to reach and to fulfil it.
0: Gotcha. So uh, how about uh, let's delve into the topic of safety and security a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, ISO two six two six two for a long time now. Uh, that has some requirements, and we will be. Um, uh, ISO and uh, SAE will be releasing uh, uh, ISO SAE 21434 beginning next year. Mm-hmm. So these two things will also have some impact in your in your process landscape in your yes. V model. Mm-hmm. And how uh, how do you how would you harmonize these three different aspects? A Spice, ISO 26262, ISO 21434.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, harmonization of these different mm-hmm. standards. Yeah. There are, are, are large communities who have pros and cons about the, this harmonization. Yeah. So uh, some say, okay, uh, these are completely different topics, spies and safety, cybersecurity and so on. So it must be handled and defined in, in different standards and maybe may, may also be implemented within a company yeah, by different people. Yeah. Leads to the result that we have uh, a quality responsible, a safety responsible, a security responsible, and they all define their own way to implement it. Yeah then the big challenge for the developers in the project is okay now I have three stakeholders yeah and maybe they do not really align their approaches yeah and their uh, expectations yeah uh, which leads to more effort within the project so from my point of view a good approach is yeah to align first of all all that uh, these inputs yeah what are the requirements of automotive spies of uh, functional safety of cyber security and so on and to find your own way of developing projects yeah that uh, fulfills in an ideal way all these standards. Yeah? Yeah, so the combinations as a harmonization yeah, is typically done by all the companies. Yeah? What would be great is if the standards themselves would be harmonized. Yeah? In other domains like medical device there is something like that, yeah? to harmonize uh, different standards dealing with similar topics in order to reduce the amount of requirements for the projects, yeah? if you have already harmonized standards yeah, as, a, as an input. And Uh, We as INTEX, INTEX is defining the skills for assessors, the knowledge background and so on. What must an assessor fulfill in order to be able to evaluate a a development project in a good way. And INTEX is only defining the standard skills in order to to, to judge if the software and system development is carried out in a good way. But the result is depending on on, on certain other criteria like safety. If I know I have to assess a a safety relevant project, I need to know what is the main focus of safety in a project. Yeah? So I have to focus on uh, examples and projects dealing with the safety relevant part. Yeah? If I'm not familiar with the safety standard, yeah, probably I will not uh, select these examples or I cannot really differ between the safety relevant part and the standard part. Yeah? So we need additional skills yeah, uh, in within the assessment team in order to judge if also a safety or security related um, product is uh, implemented in, in a good way yeah, in a systematic way. Yeah? So the, the requirements for assessors will probably change in the future yeah, a little bit. Yeah? VDA also uh, specialized a little bit the expectations. so yeah? index in general uh, uh, said okay the assessor career from provisional we are competent to principal yeah, is depending on the assessment model. That's why provisional and competent assessors have also uh, to use the assessment model in the the title. So, Mm. provisional assessor for automotive spies, competent assessor for automotive spies. Uh, Starting with the principal level, uh, which means you have several years of experience, Intex said, okay, such an assessor should have the skills to become familiar also with other assessment models. So, the principal assessor, typically does not need to highlight the assessment model anymore, he is a principal assessor with sufficient knowledge and experience and he can also become familiar with other standards and use it in, 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 in these kind of projects yeah? like uh, medical domain for example, yeah? there, is, there are also models uh, for, for medical device software and the principal assessor, yeah? in principle it is possible to use also a medical spice model. VDA said no, for automotive we expect that a principal assessor did a complete career starting from a uh, provisional level with automotive SPICE only. Yeah? It will not be accepted anymore, this kind of cross-certification that uh, a medical SPICE or test SPICE or ISO 20000 SPICE assessor uh, c- will do uh, automotive SPICE assessments or even a CMMI appraiser. Yeah? In the past, it was possible uh, to do a cross-certification from CMMI to SPICE or automotive SPICE. This is not allowed anymore. Mm. But it's okay that the domain is defining additional requirements.
0: Fascinating. So um, that brings me to the question that you have your ASPICE, VDS scope. Sometimes there are OEM specific process Mm -hmm. requirements. For example, Volkswagen Group. Right, yeah. yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? How do you do? How to deal with such uh, scenarios? And w- will uh, w- should a company tailor their processes for this kind of events? And are they are they coherent OEM to OEM?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, not. Yeah. So VW <laughs> is a very good example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the probably. Uh, uh, you have heard about a role that is called SQUIL, yeah? it's a software quality improvement leader. It's a role defined by Volkswagen, yeah? um, taking care that the suppliers fulfill the Volkswagen expectation of automotive spies. Yeah? Uh, the SQUIL role is a part of the Formula Crew of, of Volkswagen, where the software development process is one part of. Yeah? Um, Volkswagen defined a a, a, a document, a requirement specification that is called um, uh, in German Konzerngrundanforderung Software, KGAS, so basic requirements for software development. And based on that document, a a skill has to check that the supplier fulfills the expectations. is creating certain kind of metrics in order to show that these requirements are fulfilled. This VW standard is based on automotive spice. But it it defines and demands much more. It also defines uh, a little bit more the how. Based on automotive spice practices, it defines how to implement it in a project. So it's not the same as automotive spice. Sometimes um, uh, it's told, okay, this is automotive spice. But in in, in reality, this is a VW requirement. So for the supplier, the supplier has no chance if VW demands to fulfill this uh, cargo standard, then the supplier has to take it as an input from a customer as a customer requirement. Yeah? And uh, some of my colleagues are trained as these skills. Yeah? Also, I did uh, I attended this training in the very beginning. Yeah? I think now more than three years ago, four years around. Yeah, and uh, we will also show the people how to combine these VW expectations with the automotive spice standard expectations. Yeah, not only to act again only as uh, an auditor, let's say, uh, that just reports the result, but also to support and to coach again the people how to fulfill uh, automotive spice for from, from a Volkswagen point of view. Yeah. So And unfortunately, the OEM requirements, yeah, if you compare Volkswagen with Daimler or BMW, yeah, they are not uh, completely the same. Yeah, they have their own internal standards, yeah, internal expectations. I would say VW has somehow the highest ones in the meantime. Yeah, so They put a strong focus on software development since a few years. And unfortunately, it's not really equal. Yeah. VW defined specific kind of audits, yeah, technical reviews, yeah, uh, uh, potential analysis activities and so on. BMW is also doing some gap analysis, is very often performing complete uh, automotive spice assessments, so they have their own approaches and you cannot completely compare it. Uh, compare it yeah? The only thing you can compare if an, if an, if an assessment according to yeah, ISO 15504 or nowadays the 33000 series is carried out according to the standard, then you can compare the results somehow.
0: Fascinating, so uh, what I was uh, going to ask you on, on this one that uh you already mentioned uh, a spice in the long run will, uh, will save your cost, will make make you make your more efficient might make you more efficient. There is a myth uh, that I often hear that processes will make the project more expensive. Mm-hmm. I agree in the beginning to establish the process. Mm-hmm. So now um, do you have any statistical evidence that um, is there any study available that shows that uh, processes do reduce cost, indeed. Yeah,
1: yeah. There are a lot of studies available, mainly not based on automotive spies, because mm-hmm. um, there is no company, no institution that is really collecting these kind of numbers. Yeah, uh, from all uh, automotive companies. Yeah, with CMI it was a little bit different. There is the CMI Institute. Yeah, collecting also results. Yeah, from assessments, and, and they also create a lot of statistics in order to prove that. Uh, Uh, maturity of companies uh, is increasing and that the costs are reduced. But with Automotive Spice, it's the same situation. As you mentioned, uh, first of all, you have to invest in order to define and establish processes. And if you only look to the development phase of a product, then even on a long-term basis, uh, you will not uh, have less costs. Uh, So, you have to extend the scope, you have to have a look on the development phase and also the production and operation phase. Because if you look to the problems you have during operation, if you have a a work product that was developed according to SPICE or a similar standard, you will have less faults in the field. So, the effort you have to spend to fix the problems is much, much lower. So, if you combine the costs for development with the costs for fixing problems during operation, Overall, you will have lower costs if you have a good mature process in place. But most of the companies only look to the development phase, yeah? which means development is more expensive with processes, right? Yeah? Because you have to think about a good way of documentation, yeah? a good way of defining requirements and architecture. Yeah? And this means you need time in order to document requirements, good requirements, the right requirements you yeah, have to align the requirements with your customers and stakeholders? Yeah? And this needs time. If you don't have these processes in place and just start to code something, to implement something, then probably the functionality will be fulfilled. But the risk that there are faults in the software or the customer ex- expectations are not completely fulfilled is much, much higher. Yeah? So to summarize it, development effort will increase with processes, but overall costs yeah, uh, will be decreased.
0: Uh, so fascinating that, you know, your uh, development cost will, will be higher, but the overall cost will be lower. That makes sense. I would um, also argue that even your development cost to maintain that level of quality with the documentation is lower if you didn't have a process in place. Would you agree to that? I'm not sure if I understood this the, question. The question. is uh, The question is, if... If you have have to maintain the level uh, the, the quality required uh, from your uh, from your OEM mm-hmm. in order to develop the, uh, the, uh, the 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 software at a certain quality mm-hmm. with all those documentations mm-hmm. uh, required tests required test specifications required, if you did not have the process in place, mm-hmm. even the development costs with uh, maintaining maintaining those documentations would be higher. Yeah, that's right, yeah, because yes. uh, each
1: project has to think uh, about a, a, a solution, yeah? how yeah. to fulfill that requirement. If you have processes in place in a company, yeah, you can just reuse it. Yeah? You can use your own experience, your right. own best practices, what is a good documentation, okay. and what is a good approach to define and perform tests, for example, or to define right. an architecture. Yeah? And you don't need to invent it again and again for each project. Yeah? You can just use your experience. Yeah? So again, on a long term basis, if you compare all your projects, yeah, you will spare time and money for sure. Yeah? But nevertheless, of course, you have to spend a little bit more money in order to establish it, of course. Right. And there is also a a famous statistics by BMW, Mr. Edscon, one of the the first members of the Automotive Spice uh, group who defined the first version of Automotive Spice, uh, uh, created a statistics where he compared suppliers uh, uh, developing parts for, for automotive, electronic parts, software parts. And he just performed assessments at supplier side, he and his colleagues. Yeah. He summarized the results in a way that he uh, calculated the average level of each supplier uh, and he wanted to show yeah, that of course uh, uh, costs will increase if you have to, have to establish uh, uh, good and mature processes, but uh, the goal uh, to fulfill the quality in time, yeah, in the initial time frame yeah, is much higher uh, uh, for for suppliers who have already reached a high uh, capability level as by suppliers who have a low uh, capability level, SPICE level 0 or 1. Which means, okay, if you say, okay, I have the target within two years and with, yeah, let's say 10 million uh, euros to develop a product, yeah, then you have to establish a project plan and a schedule. And if you have no good processes in place, then typically the project will not succeed to fulfill this initial project plan. They either have to extend it, will deliver the product six months later, or they have to deliver it with reduced functionality, or they deliver a product where the risk is high that there are a lot of faults in it. Suppliers who have already reached a good capability level, level two, level three, typically are are better able to reach the target that was defined in the beginning, reach a better quality with a lower risk to have problems in the products. This is a a nice trend that he was able to show. But on the other side, this is not a guarantee to deliver good products. Even uh, even companies with a lower level uh, uh, or some of them were able to deliver a a good product in time and in budget. And also uh, companies who have proven once that they can reach a level 3 yeah, still deliver products with low maturity, yeah, with a lot of faults. So processes alone are not a guarantee yeah, to have faultless products uh, in place, of course. Yeah. so Many many other aspects uh, play a big role, yeah? like the skills of the employees, yeah? do they have enough time to go for a training or coaching session. Yeah? Yeah, it's nice to have processes that say, okay, please uh, use a tool for software architecture, but the people are not able to use that tool, yeah? they didn't uh, have any training how to use a, a tool in a good way, yeah? it's just a tool to draw something maybe, yeah? but maybe there's a certain method behind it, like UML for example, uh, in order to get a good result, but if people are not uh, uh, able to, to use this method, yeah? the result will also
0: not be good, of course. I like that uh, example because my follow-up question would be, how specific should a project be, how deep should we go, uh, going? so you're saying, okay, use that tool. Is not enough. You have to tell them how to use the tool. Should we even go as detailed as, okay, this UML pattern is something that you should use. How uh, specific and granular should uh, one be in their process description? Because as I see, if you make it very, very granular and specific, tailoring is difficult. At the Mm -hmm. same time, if you make it very high level, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't really help because you have to also tell them what to do. Exactly. What's the sweet spot? Yeah.
1: Okay. I think for each company, this spot is is, is different, of course. Yeah. Uh, You're absolutely right. Processes alone just to tell people, okay, you have to fulfill. That is not sufficient. Doesn't doesn't help them. Yeah. You have to give them tools, templates or something like that. Yeah. Really the things people can work with. If you say, okay, you have to define a strategy for quality assurance, or then maybe you have already a template in place with a certain uh, structure that tells you, okay, please define responsibilities, document them there, please define which kind of reviews you want to perform and so on. Yeah? A kind of template where, where people will be guided uh, through the different steps. Yeah? The same for tools, yeah? only telling them use that tool is not sufficient. You have to tell them how to use it, to have some kind of guidelines in place, uh, internal guidelines. Yeah? style guidelines. Yeah? Best example are coding guidelines. Yeah? Most of the software developers know MISRA. Yeah? So MISRA guidelines in order to develop a good and safe uh, source code with C or C++ mainly. Yeah? Following these guidelines will reduce the risk that the software coding has, uh, will cause any problems after compilation uh, of the source code. And this is uh, the same thing for any other kind of process. Yeah? Define these kind of guidelines, the patterns, yeah, for the developers uh, on a level of granularity where the developers still have the freedom to decide how the software will look like later, but gives them enough, uh, uh, yeah, um, how to say, yeah, uh, enough guidelines and, and recommendations in order to have a, a similar result within the same project or within the same company. Yeah? It's also useful for the project and line managers, yeah? if they see, okay, in that project uh, the architect is not available, yeah, is on holiday or whatever happened. Yeah, But there is an important change the customer wants to have uh, in a certain time frame. So I will assign this task to a software architect uh, from another project uh, and because in my company we use the same method, yeah? the same tool, he is, uh, he is immediately able also to do the job in a different project. He does not have to learn how to use the tool yeah? because it's the same one. Yeah? As long as he is familiar with with the technique, with the methods, it it should be easy to to find a substitute for a certain time. That's a big benefit. If each developer is allowed to use their own tools, yeah? uh, their own tools, own methods. Yeah? I also have my favorite uh, editor, for example, yeah? that's nice, yeah? uh, but uh, you have to do a teamwork. yeah the project team works as a real team. So it means they have to agree on a certain way of developing it. Yeah? Yeah? Especially agile is another term that is used a lot nowadays, yeah? agile development. Now in automotive, we are all agile. Agile is nothing else, as a different kind of um, uh, development development process, like the classical V-model. You also have to follow some certain rules, you have different roles, you have different processes, but it's still a a set of rules and activities you have to follow. It's not that all the the, the, the employees, all the team members in a software uh, team can do what they want. Agile does not mean completely flexible. Yeah, do what I want to do yeah, without documentation. Yeah. If there's a customer wish, I immediately will fulfill it. Yeah. That's what we did 10, 20 years ago, of course. Yeah. Agile means it's a, it's a specific mindset, yeah, a specific way of developing projects. Yeah. And also this kind of mindset yeah, must be trained somehow. Yeah. People must be able to understand that mindset.
0: So uh, this is this is really interesting. So as you know, in Matrix, we have uh, in our process, on uh, our A-SPICE process, we have uh, combine the A-, A spice and agile methodology the scrum uh, uh, mm-hmm. terminologies so um do you, uh, in your experience I mean, how uh, how 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 do how do these two are combined uh, the the best way to combining this mm-hmm. yeah
1: what the best way is, is of course, is maybe another question, yeah. But I, I can, can tell you some some, uh, some some sayings. Let's say from my from my customers, yeah. Some say, okay, no, we don't want to fulfill automotive spice anymore because we are now AI. <laughs> and I'm asking, okay, yeah, but. Uh, This this has nothing to do, HI cannot replace Automotive SPICE because the purposes are completely different. Right. The HI way of developing products is a different kind of development process, let's say. Similar to a V-Model or rational unified process. SPICE is an assessment model. It's evaluating if you fulfill the main expectations of a process. It it doesn't mean that you have to follow a V-Model. Unfortunately, SPICE and all the other standards typically use the V-Model as an example. But they do not tell you to really use it. Of course, you can work in an agile way. You can use Scrum and other methods. Yeah? You will have a software architecture. Yeah? It doesn't matter if you work according to a V-Model or you know, according to the agile approach, a software architecture will be there in the end. The way how to define the architecture yeah, is, is different. Yeah? In, in an agile project, in the end, you will have also a complete software architecture. In a classical V model yeah, or waterfall model, maybe the software architecture should be nearly complete in the very beginning, yeah? that's the ideal way. Yeah? But in both approaches, you have to work on an architecture. Yeah? That's by the way, also one of the mistakes of the VDI assessor guideline yeah? right. that says, okay, if in an agile project, no software architecture is developed. Yeah? Only this half sentence is, is nonsense. Yeah, mm. even in an agile project, a software architecture will be developed. Yeah, right. in a different way yeah? with right. a different timeline. Yeah, yeah, but there will be a software architecture.
0: Right, I, and I don't believe that uh, A Spice or V model and uh, a- agile methodology like Scrum are orthogonal. You mm-hmm. can actually harmonize them. So sure. one approach that we have taken, we have uh, we have thin sliced the V. So each slice. Of the V is essentially your sprint. Right. Yeah. That's it. so. That's one way to go. Yeah.
1: So that's a possible approach, of course. Yes. Right.
0: Okay. So, um, what are the you know the, the typical challenges that we face to reach a certain level? Um, Matrix has reached a certain level of A Spice. So that was a long journey. Yeah. I we have underestimated it a year, years ago. We thought we would be reaching it much earlier, but it took it took much longer than to achieve the maturity level that we wanted to achieve. So, what advices do you have for companies like us to to in order to um, uh, reach the A Spice maturity level they want to? Yeah. Main advice, of
1: course, uh, spend enough resources in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, resources, which means. Depending on your current status, yeah? what do you all have you already established yeah? uh, regarding processes, tools, methods, templates and so on, based on the current situation? You have to define a plan uh, with enough time in between in order to reach a certain target level. Yeah? So let's assume the worst case, yeah, you don't have any process in place. Yeah? So you have to think about first of all your, your organization itself, yeah, what are the main responsibilities, departments, who takes care of what. Yeah? Yeah, do you have a complete development team or do you have a splitted team with a testing team, with a software team, assistant team and so on. And based on that situation, you can think about how to structure your processes. And uh, if you want to reach a SPICE Level 3, which is a typical requirement um, of the OEMs, uh, you should not define a, a, an approach that says, okay, I want to reach a SPICE Level 3 within half a year, within six months, yeah? Yeah, if you really start from scratch, it makes absolutely no sense. You have to do this stepwise, and to, 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 to think about, okay, uh, how to fulfill the basics. Yeah? The basic requirements, the base practices of Autonomous Spies are level one. Yeah? This typically means the biggest effort. Yeah? If you plan less than one year for one level, then typically there's a high risk to fail. Yeah? Because process, it's not only to define processes, they really must be established, they must be trained. Yeah? You have to involve the people, you have to ensure that the people understand them and sees a benefit, yeah? uh, if in, in a project, and I see this very often in my assessments, people say, uh, uh, if I ask them, okay, why do you do that? Why do you create that document? And people tell me, yeah, because the standard demands it. Uh, because you as an assessor, you want to see it, then <laughs> it completely failed. Yeah? I will immediately say, no, then stop it. If you don't have your own purpose for it, yeah, then don't continue to work on this document. Yeah? Yeah? You have to think about your own purpose. Why do you need a requirement specification? Yeah, because the tester needs an input. He wants to know what to test in the end. Yeah? If he does not know what are the requirements for the product, what shall this person really check in the end? Yeah? What are the verification activities? Yeah? Of course, based on his experience, a tester can do some checks, of course. Yeah? Yeah? But you can never prove that it's complete or if you really cover all the relevant functionality. So you need a, a specification of the demanded requirements. That's the purpose of a requirements education, Not because SPICE is demanding specify software requirements. That's not the reason. SPICE just reminds you, hey, please think about requirements. You need them. You will need them in order to derive architecture, in order to do a good implementation that implements everything, and in order to derive and perform tests. That's the purpose. And that's that's my idea, what I tell the people. Don't tell me what I want to here. Many companies prepare their developers. Okay, if the assessor is asking that, then answer like that. (laughs) That's nonsense. You don't need to prepare people for an assessment. It's completely okay to have a first introduction session to to, to describe what is an assessment in general. But one standard question from my side is, okay, let's assume tomorrow I have to start in your company. I have to work on your software architectural design. What do I have to do? Uh, how do you create a software architectural design? Yeah? More like a new colleague yeah? and, and less as the assessor. Yeah? That's, from my side, the best approach.
0: Right, okay. So uh, let's wrap these things up uh, with, uh, we talked about mostly A-SPICE. We touched a little bit ISO 26262. We touched a little bit uh, ISO 21434. Um, none of these standards, to the best of my knowledge, addresses autonomous driving right? and autonomous driving as we can anticipate it's as we can already see not anticipate that it's coming sooner than we anticipated Mm -hmm. right so and the standards that are even coming next year like ISO 21434 uh, is not addressing uh, autonomous driving Mm -hmm. what do you think um, the right uh, right 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 a roadmap for the industry? Are we going in the right direction? Are there activities? How do you see that?
1: Yeah, I, I hope you're going to the right direction. Yeah, so one challenge I see is that all these standards you mentioned <clears throat> uh, uh, are more or less developed independent from each other. Yeah? Not completely of course, so the so, so security standard will will be based on the functional safety standard. For example, Will reuse some of the concepts and processes. Uh, But if you just compare SPICE with safety, uh, some people do not really understand that automotive SPICE is demanding the standard quality management. You cannot fulfill functional safety complete if you do not fulfill the basics of a good software development. So without reaching a certain SPICE level, typically I will not accept any safety critical project if they cannot prove that they follow certain processes. So the dependencies between these standards Uh, must be evaluated. So the standards have to come closer together. There's also a a, a high-level quality management standard in automotive industry. It's the IATF 16949. Defining the main uh, requirements for a quality management system of a company. And in the latest version of that standard, also the development, especially the software development, plays a very big role in autonomous driving. Software will play the main role. Software uh, will, will define how the vehicle will behave. Yeah? And in these yeah, yeah, more or less old-fashioned standards, yeah, like the old ICTS 16949, software was only one part yeah, beside all the mechanical and electrical parts. But you cannot ensure the quality of software during production. Yeah? For all the other parts, yeah, during production, you can establish a lot of quality measures to ensure that these kinds of parts are produced in a good quality, in a good way. For software you have to ensure this during development, the software quality is is, 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 is reached during development phase. So you have to find ways and methods to ensure the quality of the development and to combine them with the quality expectations of all the other domains. And that's a good point with the IETF 16949 that software development is now highlighted and I already work on the approach to combine the Non software standards with the software standards like the, the ISO 262X2 or the security standard and SPICE with the IETF and all the other standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This year in, in June. We will do another workshop at the VDA Automotive Sys Conference in Berlin, where I invited uh, IATF people, uh, experts uh, that worked on that standard, uh, VDA auditors, 16949 auditors and also of course automotive spice experts, in order to discuss and work on on an alignment or combination of the approaches. Because uh, IATF auditors have to understand how software works, how software is evaluated, in order to be able to judge. If a company is also able to deliver good software quality.
0: Gotcha. So one point I would I would I would like to add on top of your what you said. I totally agree that uh, um, software quality is during the development. Um, another thing to really really uh, c- um, keep in mind that software quality is during the development. But in case of a- autonomous driving, when the lifespan of a car mm-hmm. is let's say twenty years. The software quality will also be ensured during this 20 years because we'll have over there update. There's no way we will be able to roll a software that will run for 20 years without any problem.
1: And this is something that is nowadays not defined in c standards, even not in Automotive Spies. You still assume you have your SOP, your start of production. Everything that is done before is your development phase and then it will be produced. Uh, And you will in theory never change it. Especially I think with security, it will be necessary yeah, to update right. software regularly. You Absolutely. already see it with your smartphones. Yeah? Yeah, you will get updates each day yeah, for your apps yeah, on the smartphone. In the future, you will also get uh, regular updates for all the software functionalities in the vehicle. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, so, software over the air, for example, is one very important topic. Yeah? Uh, how to ensure that software is transferred to a vehicle in a safe and secure way. Mm. Yeah? What happens if your, so- if your vehicle is updating during drive? Yeah? Of course, this should be avoided. Yeah? Yeah? Uh, if, your, if your screen says, okay, yeah, now I w- I'm currently updating braking system, please don't use the brake. Okay, but I'm currently driving with 200 kilometers per hour, don't use the brake,
0: <laughs> no good idea.
1: So the systems have to ensure that the vehicle is in a state that is really safe, yeah, it's parked or it's somewhere in an inactive position, yeah. There's a, there's a situation, uh, I think it was in China, uh, with, a, with a traffic jam on the highway, yeah, uh, and the vehicle, I will not mention the, the, the type. Yeah, said, okay. Now I, I recognized yeah, that the vehicle is not not moving. Yeah, uh, mm. I want to do an update. Is that okay? Yeah? And the driver did not read carefully this message and just, just pressed okay. Yeah? And then the vehicle updated some systems and was not. A- and the, the driver was not able to move the car anymore for the next one and a half or two hours. Yeah? So, he really blocked the traffic, yeah, standing on the road, yeah, traffic jam disappeared but he caused the next traffic jam because the vehicle cannot be moved anymore yeah, during this software update. And this will be situations in the future we have to avoid, yeah? these regular updates yeah, in order to ensure that safety and security topics uh, will be yeah, avoided or fixed. Because that's the big difference between safety and security. Safety, you can try to do everything in order to avoid safety specific uh, situations. But for security, Uh, you have the situations that some people unfortunately try to affect the system in a negative way. So if somebody finds a way to affect the system, to uh, go around through all security mechanisms, you need immediately a fix. You have to be able to update the software. So we will not have the software SOP anymore. We will have a continuous update of software in the future. Yeah. Right, And this is a big challenge that is not solved by the standards nowadays.
0: Okay. So in the end, um, my last question to you would be, with um, automotive industry seeing some biggest disruption of history, um, in the, the fast-paced development, what are the most positive things that we will see in the next five, ten years?
1: The most positive things? I think that the life on our roads will change. In the future, I'm pretty sure many people are not aware of that. Yeah, they still like to drive vehicles. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about autonomous driving. Yeah? for me, uh, the vehicle is more a, a tool to get from A to B. Yeah, uh, it sometimes it's nice to drive a car. Yeah, I also have some fun, but in most cases, I just want to reach a certain. Uh, um, a certain city or drive to my next customer. Yeah, So the autonomous driving part uh, will become more and more important. And I really look forward to have autonomous driving cars, but this will also uh, demand uh, a change in the mindset of, of many, many people. Nowadays, we try to define functionalities and systems that uh, try to recognize the environment. How do people behave? Yeah? we have pedestrians, we have bicycles. Yeah, so the, my vehicle is not the only thing moving on the road. We have many, many situations, and the, the systems nowadays try to recognize what what is going on. Yeah, um, in other domains like uh, 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 the railway domain, yeah, you have. A, a defined uh, environment, yeah? Yeah, where the environment is somehow controlled. Yeah? With vehicles, with, with, uh, with cars, this mindset, to, this mindset to control the environment is not established yet. Yeah? Autonomous driving will come, yeah? first of all on, on highways, I think, because here the environment can be defined, yeah? can be a little bit controlled. Typically cars are only driving in one way, you will have no pedestrians. Yeah? It's, it's, it's easier to control that environment. Yeah, uh, uh, driving uh, with an autonomous vehicle in the city, in the city center, this will last uh, some some more years. And so I don't think that in 2020 or 2025 or whatever, we will have a complete autonomous uh, a, a economy yeah? regarding vehicles. Yeah, this will not be the case. Will last some more decades, I think.
0: Fascinating, Bernard. Thank you very much for joining. It was a pleasure to have you here.
1: It was also a pleasure for me. Thank you very much, Hassan.
0: Thank you very much for watching. If you have questions, comments, please write in the comment section. And if you want to participate in our dialogue, please write me at podcast at matrix.de or DM me in LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. We would love to have you in the show. Thanks again for watching. In this podcast show, we bring in the industry leaders and experts in the automotive domain to share their experiences along their journey. The mission of our podcast is to start a dialogue that will allow us to understand the development of automotive industry and where the automotive industry is going. You can ask questions to our guests directly. Just send us an email to podcast at matrix.de. We'll schedule a call with you during the recording and you'll be part of our show. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes. Please share this video to help others get enlightened as well, and that would mean a great deal to us. See you in the next episode.